In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Well, welcome to GirlfriendIt Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. And actually, Patty Wyatt is not sitting with me this day, but she is enjoying, um, let me highlight, relaxing, refreshing, rejuvenating week at Kids Camp. And I don't know that those are the words I would use, but I, I think it's so funny that she's there and, you know, we, we get to sit here. Um, but last I heard from her, she was um, doing archery on the archery. I don't know if it's the range or the field, but she said she actually hit a bullseye. And I guess apparently at kids camp, when you hit a bullseye, you get a free otter pop. And so she was pretty excited about that. And um, actually, she's a happy camper. Mm -hmm. And I don't think life gets any better than that when you get a free otter pot for hitting the bullseye. But joining me today is my really good friend who is also a dynamic ministry leader. She's been in corporate management. She loves sports. She loves her husband, loves her kids and their teenagers, not saying a lot. And she loves her dog, Rosie O'Donnell. And I don't think <laughs> that's right, always the right order there. I think you love your husband the most. But I want to personally welcome my good friend, Kelly O'Donnell, to the show with me today. And Kelly will be my co-host in crime. So, Kelly. Thank you. I'm glad Thank you're you here with much. me. I love that Rosie got a shout out. I know, Rosie. Rosie yeah. O'Donnell. And I got to tell you, because I'm a little slow, it took me a while to put together Rosie O'Donnell with, because it's Kelly O'Donnell, I thought, oh, you really liked Rosie O'Donnell. And then it's like, duh, it's the last name. <laughs> so I don't know if I should have admitted that at, or, or not, but I, but I did. I did. You know what's funny about Patty being away at camp and getting an otter pop for hitting the bullseye? Within the last week, I've known her to eat probably about five otter pops just within the last seven days for different things. Last Wednesday at our girlfriend's event and she was eating all the otter pops and so she's got another one up at kids camp i i know and it, it suits her <laughs> it so does suit her and and um and she was pretty excited which i don't know what that says about her that she was that excited over the otter pop so yeah 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 she also did the zip line she said which i've never done that so she, i think she's having just a very okay. wild and crazy so fun time it sounds like the kids are at patty camp not that patty is at kids camp what now? It sounds like the kids are at patty camp. I, I, well, you know what? And that's probably true. She's probably reversed that because I don't know who's the biggest kid at heart, Patty or them. But anyway, I'm glad we are here this day. And um, I always remind her that I'm an empty nester, mm-hmm. you know, so I don't, I'm past the kids camp thing. I yes. have kids, but yes. you know, yeah, I don't necessarily want to go swing in the. Yeah. I think when I've talked to you about my teenagers, you've reminded me you're an empty I, nester. I do think I have. Yeah. I, I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, and I will probably remind you of other things as we go on in the show today because 
we know each other so well. But one of the things we're talking about today is like a relatively new term that I heard of from my son, actually, and it's called crowdsourcing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it basically is kind of a team approach to, well, ministry, but life. You can do it to anything you do. And you and I, we we have teams all around us. We crowdsource. Um, We crowdsource like nobody's business. I know. Well, when you think of crowdsourcing, what do you think of? Okay. Well, first of all, I thought of crowdsurfing, which clearly is not the same. <laughs> and so then I had to focus on that sourcing word, and I thought, okay, there's been a few times in our uh, ministry days together where I feel like um, our group of friends, our group of ministry leaders have helped me crowdsource a few things. Like I seem to remember on our trip to Africa, all of you crowdsourcing my head wrap. <laughs> yes. We, well, you know what? It's one of those things as girlfriends when you get together, you, you just have to laugh sometimes. And it's like, you know, it's like... You, That's we, not we, the definition. No, I know. I know. It was it was endearing. And your head wrap, you were trying to fit into the culture, as I recall. I think I was trying to copy someone a little younger than me who had it dialed in. And I was crowdsourcing how to do the head wrap <laughs> and no one really was participating. I think Jeremy's a little more successful in that. Well, you know, whatever crowdsourcing it is. Yeah. And it, you have to have fun with it a little bit sometimes, but yeah, it was, but you know, that crowdsourcing made for great memories and yes. great pictures. I yes. might add that yes. are good for like, you know, yeah. Yeah. Pulling them out every now and then to remind us, keep us humble. Right. Yeah. I think somehow though, there's a goal involved with crowdsourcing where there's an end result that's needed to come out of that. Not just, you know, being in a foreign country and covering your head. I know. And it's it, crowdsourcing is an intentional term. Um, that is that is coming about, and I know like for one of the things we do crowdsourcing, we have a team. And last just last week, we saw crowdsourcing in action, and we're going to explain it a little bit more in a few minutes because we're going to have yeah. um, our for our guest is going to be explaining it. But we're yeah. going to give our perspective right now for a minute, which is a little maybe a little skewed, but we have fun. But last week we um, we had a girlfriend's movie night uh-huh. at our church, uh-huh. and we had. An amazing team that really put it on. And, and it was so fun. It was, um, I wanted to get Shannon to come. Shannon Puckett yes. was the one that yes. was leading it. The team and leader. She's been on the radio once before. And it was so funny because after the show, I go, Shannon, because she did a fabulous job. And she's like a high introvert, you yes. know, but she's so witty and so creative. And so I said, Shannon, wasn't that so fun? And her response was, that was the most nerve wracking experience of my life. I will never do it again. And it's like, Shannon, I can't believe you said that. So that last week she put together this team and she really knows how to surround herself with some dynamic women. Yes. She's done a great job of just building herself. up. Oh with my great gosh. People. She has. And she had, it was girlfriend's movie night, which we, we showed a uh, princess bride mm-hmm. out in an amphitheater. So fun. And they had it set up like an all uh, time concession candy stand. Like you're at the movies. Yeah. And they had like little scoops, which I was going crazy because they had scoops for your like your hot tamales and all this candy that I thought I had died and gone to heaven. Yeah, and old fashioned sodas that were in this glass truck. bottle with the pop off top. And- it was just so fun. I grazed my way through that event. Yeah, yeah. And but it was so fun to watch her team and um and just see how they really they each they kicked in and they were also different, mm-hmm. but they all complete each other to make an amazing team. Yeah. That one person could not have pulled that off. Well, and as they planned that event over a long period of time to hear them brainstorm and uh, work with each other in different ways, which I can't wait to hear Jeremy describe the difference between brainstorming and crowdsourcing. And just I know he's going to school us in a whole bunch of things this morning, but that just to watch that team come together, 
work an idea from beginning to end and all of them contribute with their different giftedness and personalities and sense of humor and all of that, introverts, extroverts, everybody coming together for one goal. And then to see the goal, it's pretty remarkable. It was truly remarkable. <laughs> and it was, and what was fun too is sometimes you can have a team that are working together. And I've been in situations where I've watched the leader of a team, um, and they're totally stressed out. Yeah. And it creates, it sets a tone. When right. they're stressed out and they have this look on their face of panic and they're rushing around, then everybody around them um, kind of feels that tension in the air. Mm-hmm. And the thing that was so cool about Shannon and her team is they were so calm and they were actually having fun. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the key to it. When the team is having fun, mm-hmm. it's contagious and right. it spreads to everybody else. And then you, they're giving everybody else who who's there permission to have fun. Right. So what did you think crowdsourcing was when you first heard it? Well, I thought it was something about the crowd making noise or doing something. I didn't know. I just like, okay, I, you know, it's a crowd obviously. And I thought it was, I wasn't thinking about it as a team necessarily like a, a, a constructive thing. Right, right. I heard it as more crowdsourcing going, okay, rebels yeah. doing something. And I guess they are rebels. <laughs> you would go there. I know. I would. I would. So when I first heard it, I'm like, I was kind of intrigued by it. But you know what's so funny? It's like anything. Once you hear something or you see something, like when you're pregnant, yeah. you know how you always notice all the other pregnant women? You go, yes. I didn't know everybody yes. was pregnant, Or too. you buy a car and then all of a sudden you see the same car. Yes. Everyone's yes. driving it. Yes. yes. Now you're hearing the term Now I'm hearing it and I'm seeing it and it's like, it's very cool. So now I feel very hip and happening because now I know what crowdsourcing is yes, yes. and I feel like on the front end of it. So yeah, yeah. It, it's leave it to cool. Jeremy to bring us into the, I you know. Know, the next thing. Hey, I was thinking, okay, if you're leading a crowdsourcing team and you're the team leader, does that make you the chief crowdsourcer or chief, chief crowdsourcer? I don't know what you call that person. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be careful the sorcerer thing. <laughs> But that is a good question. I think we'll ask him. So let's go into, because I am really honored and excited to introduce our guest today. He is someone I have known before his time, literally. He gave me the best birthday present on my 25th birthday. But he actually made me work pretty hard that day, as yeah. I recall. Yeah. I think I have some idea of what you're saying here. Um, okay. Well, I, I too, am looking forward to this morning and getting to hear more about Jeremy, the author. But let me tell everyone out there about who Jeremy Jernigan is. Jeremy is the executive pastor of the Exalt Ministries at Central Christian Church of Arizona. He's also a teaching pastor, writer of the blog, tomorrowsreflection.com, and his recent book, Crowdsourcing the Message. He is constantly engaging people in church um, in many different ways and teaching to the church over and over again, as he's going to do for us today. Jeremy is an exceptional speaker, um, just has a lot of insights, and I'm looking forward to this morning. Well, on a side note, he is a fanatical fan of the New York Yankees. We won't hold that against him. No. And he, he, but I have to tell you, he happens to be my son. So this is kind of a really rare treat for me to get to introduce my son, but on a, you know, on a professional level, just to see him and engaging in his world. Yeah. Um, Jeremy happens to be the dad to three of my most favorite little, little persons in the world, Gavin, Madsen, and Adeline. And when I said he was a fanatical Yankees fan, he named he and Michelle, his wife, who I adore, she's one of my closest friends. They gave each one of their kids a Yankees middle name. Mm-hmm. So you have Gavin Mattingly, um, Madsen Jeter, and Adeline Ruth for Babe Ruth. <laughs> so to say that they're quirky because they come from quirky genes, which would be, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're pointing the finger at yourself. Yes. Okay, special treat. Love this. So welcome, Jeremy Jernigan, to Girlfriend It Radio. How are you? 
Awesome. It's great to be with you, ladies. Well, <laughs> I know morning. You, you've had to endure a lot of us bantering this morning and kind of talking about the crowdsourcing. So we'll get the more professional lens on crowdsourcing since we probably butchered it a little bit. But um, we're you, just, guys, you guys did a great job. Well, thank you. Thank you. So it doesn't have anything to do with crowdsurfing? Um, I think they're like a distant cousin of each other uh, is <laughs> what my research shows. <laughs> well, you know what, Jer? I watched you fall in love with speaking and writing um, over the years. I've just seen you just kind of grow in that. You always had a book that you love to read, and you've always told stories, very animated. In fact, I remember um, your dad and I sitting at your kindergarten graduation, and they were handing out awards, and you got the Storyteller Award, which made your dad, who is a you know, a preacher, so excited because he's like, that's my boy. He can tell a great story. And well, so well, it was, it was it's been all downhill from there. Oh, that was my shining moment. And remember the story. What no, was, it was story ongoing. Oh, he, all he always told stories. Oh. I mean, you have it was amazing. Okay, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back with Girlfriend at Radio. This is Girlfriend on Toginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. People have the means to live, but no meaning to live for. These are the words of Dr. Viktor Frankl, the inspiration for the movie Victor and I. That's V-I-K-T-O-R and I, movie.com. And TalkSense Radio, The Meaning Connection, with host Mary Similuka and frequent contributor Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. More and more people today are discarding their quest for money, possessions, and things, and are instead beginning a serious quest to find meaning in life. Until now, these discussions were historically in the hands of priests, ministers, and scribes, then to philosophers, psychiatrists, and psychologists. Now, these deep discussions are where they should be, in the hands of individuals, on the air, with you. Talk Sense Radio, The Meaning Connection, with your host, Mary Similuka, and frequent contributor, Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central, on toginet.com. Get ready for Officer Radio. Every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern, only on Officer.com. It's powered by the worldwide resources of Officer.com and hosted by Editor-in-Chief of Officer.com and 30-year law enforcement veteran Frank Borelli. Officer.com is your source for the latest news, trends, and issues facing the law enforcement community, which change almost daily. New regulations, new things to know about that affect all in law enforcement. Join us each week as Officer Borelli and his guests examine, dissect, and discuss the issues facing our industry. Call in live and join the conversation to get your voice heard. For more law enforcement news and more about the show, go to Officer.com. You can even find us on Facebook and Twitter. Then join us live every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern, only on Officer.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show, 
on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back to Girlfriend at Radio. We are talking this day about a relatively new term called crowdsourcing. And my co-host this day is Kelly O'Donnell. And we were kind of bantering back and forth and giving our interpretation, which was a little skewed of what crowdsourcing (laughs) is. But we have Jeremy Jernigan, who recently authored the book, Crowdsourcing the Message. And Jeremy, you kind of introduced us to that term, which now I'm seeing around places a lot and hearing about it a little bit. Can you describe exactly what crowdsourcing means? Yeah, it's a relatively new idea. Uh, The first sign of it we have is in 2006. So, you know, we're looking at six years of this word being used. Uh, It's the idea of bringing people into a conversation or or into a role uh, where traditionally you'd only think of one person doing that. And, uh, you know, whenever I talk about it, a lot of people... Uh, go, is that, is that like outsourcing? You know, because that's, that's maybe a word that we're more familiar with. Um, but outsourcing re- refers to kind of a, a delegation of responsibility. Mm-hmm. So if I have a, you know, a, a job or I have something I got to do, I might outsource that and get someone else to do it for me. Uh, the difference with crowdsourcing is it's an, an expansion of responsibility. So it, it's saying I'm still going to be involved, but now I'm going to give you uh, you know, a piece of that pie. I'm going to bring you into that conversation. And so uh, it's really this idea of bringing, uh, you know, a crowd into a conversation that traditionally, uh, you know, we haven't solved or haven't, you know, gone about that with a group of people. I love that because so many times we try to do things by ourselves. We kind of, in, in our little girlfriend ministry, we say we're Lone Ranger Ets, where you just, you, sometimes we don't think about um, empowering and using others, which, other people around us are a huge resource that goes untapped so many times. Absolutely. Think about times too. You start talking about something with someone else, and then they, and then they, <laughs> they uh, stir, spur on some ideas that you might have simply because of what they're thinking based yes. on what you said, and you just start bouncing ideas off each other. Well, where where did you come up with? The, I mean, what made you go? Okay, I want to talk. I want to incorporate crowdsourcing, and I even want to write a book about it. Yeah, we never like really went about, uh, you know, a strategy of, hey, let's, let's, let's head to this uh, destination. Um, It was kind of a a lot of conversations, you know, that we had at at Central, uh, where we we were looking at, you know, the weekend teaching, uh, you know, which for us is, is really kind of the the foundational thing that uh, so many of our other elements of what we do at church are are built on, you know, the the weekend teaching. And, And so for us, we were looking at, you know, are we giving that um, the, the best that we have, the best resources. And what we realized is we were expecting our senior pastor, who was also leading uh, you know, the, the oversight of everything, uh, to do that part of it by himself. And it was kind of one of those you know, epiphanies, those aha moments where we went, why are we expecting him, you know, who, who's only able to give that you know, part-time of his, his regular week, uh, why are we expecting him to do it all? And so we, we just kind of realized we need to invite other people in and that really began this journey. And so um, well, what I thought would be really fun is, you know, instead of having, you know, a bunch of staff members, which we have a regular time uh, for our staff members to kind of talk through messages, but I thought, how cool would it be to get people in our, our church community, you know, people that aren't preachers, that, that you know, sit in the seats every week to, to get their perspective on it. And so... You know, I, I started inviting uh, some of these people in and, and started meeting with them weekly, and it kind of just became uh, this this staple of, of how we do we do ministry now. And and uh, we, we kind of stumbled into it and realized the value of it once we got here and realized how much 
each of these people contributed, again, not being staff members, not being preachers, but, but really realized what they brought to the table. And, and it was actually the, the group uh, that were the ones that convinced me to write a book about it uh, because uh, one of the guys was, was friends with a pastor at another church and, and was describing for him the group that, that we have. And, and this other pastor went, man, that is, that is an incredible idea. I need to try that. And so he came back the next week, and he goes, Jeremy, you need to write a book about this. And, uh, and it was funny because, again, I, I, I you know, never went into this thinking this was going to be my thing. And, and yet uh, I, just, I just felt like, man, you know, we, we talk about the, the body of Christ and, and how the church is this, this gathering of all these different parts. And yet, you know, in certain roles and in certain functions, we expect one body part to do it all. And, and it was kind of like, you know what, I think the church collectively has a lot to learn in this area. And so... Uh, you know, just trying to, to be a voice contributing to that conversation. Oh, oh, Jeremy, I love what you just said about the how you built this group of people. And I was just wanting to kind of go back and talk about that and hear more from you on why look outside a, a staff or an organization or for for lack of a better term, the paid personnel, why, what is the value and what have you seen as the just the best parts of going outside what would be traditional to thinking differently and grabbing people from all these different areas that you talked about? Can you talk more about that for somebody who might be getting started building a team? Yeah, that's, uh, that's a great question. And actually, um, in, in the book, I spend one of the chapters really looking at uh, specific ideas of people who you can invite. And I think the answer to the question is it's about perspective. You know, if, if I look at our church staff, you know, we, we all live the majority of our lives in the, the Christian bubble, in the Christian world, you know. Uh, we, we go to, to church every day. That's, that's where, you know, our job is. And, and so the, the circles we run in are, are, are all very similar um, versus getting people who, who don't, you know, show up at church every day for a job and, and have, you know, lives in, in the workplace and, and in their families and in all different connections. And so it, it, it brings this incredible diversity uh, to the table and, and just a richness of ideas, of thought, of perspective. And, um, and so, you know, every single person that they have a conversation with, that they talk to, that, you know, every single story that they hear about, they bring to the table. And, and so if you were to say, well, we're, we're just going to keep this to our church staff, or, you know, uh, which I think traditionally is, is how we've kind of tried to, to solve this problem or, or, or make it better, um, you're really limiting the pool of resources. And so, uh, you know, we, we just kind of brainstorm when we were working on the book together, you know, different people uh, that, that you could bring. You know, we talk about the stay-at-home mom. You know, how great to have a stay-at-home mom speak into, you know, the weekend teaching. You know, just something that you would not normally consider, um, but, you know, just brings a tremendous perspective. One of the, the more dicey people that, you know, that I, I suggest in the book is, is, is bringing a non-believer to sit at that table. And, you know, while, while some people may go, well, that, that's, you know, you should never, you know, let a person do that. I mean, just consider the, the, that voice, you know, and, and, you know, having a chance to go, hey, we're going to teach a message this weekend, and, and we wanted to run it by you and get your input on it first and see how you would react to it. Uh, I, I just can't help but think how much stronger it would be going into the weekend when you're going to have, you know, uh, however many handfuls of non-believers sitting in there, you know, critiquing what you're saying. And so for us, it was just an incredible opportunity to get perspective far beyond uh, the, the perspective we would get from our church staff. Mm-hmm. I love that because this concept can be used, for, and it doesn't just have to be 
for pastors or preachers and churches and church teams to, to sharpen the weekend message, which I think is just a great concept. And even in talking with other pastors, um, I, I've, I've talked about this crowdsourcing with them and they're like, OK, I want to hear more about that, because like you said, it's really hard for a for especially the teaching pastor or the pastor, senior pastor, he has so many other hats he wears. And yet the, it's so significant, the message he brings each week, because that goes out to the masses. And so many times we just, he, he's left alone to create this uh, amidst all the other things he does. So it's just a great way to just empower him and just to provide resources with him and a new lens. I love that whole thing of a new lens, because I think that can apply to anything we do, um, whether, uh, it, you know, as women, we're planning a party, whether we're doing whatever in our, in our jobs, and we're wanting just something fresh because it's easy to get stuck in ruts. And so love that, just thinking outside of the box, too. What's another voice? And I love that term. What's another voice I can bring around the table or to my team that mm-hmm. can complete? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's ask you a question. Why don't you think more people do this? It kind of seems like a no-brainer when you really think about it. Why, why do you think people have a hard time with it? Um, I, I think there's a couple of reasons, um, depending on the context, because again, you know, uh, for, for the way we use it at Central, we're really looking at the, the, the weekend teaching, you know, from the pulpit, uh, but this idea applies to, to just about anything. So, I mean, you can take these ideas, these concepts, and run with it, but I, I think depending on the setting and the context, you know, there, there's often this per- perception that um, I'm supposed to do it myself, and so whatever, you know, whatever that is, uh, that person may feel like it, it's... Um, you, you know, it's lazy or uh, they're not good enough if they have to, to rely on others. Uh, and it's just an, an incredibly uh, faulty way of thinking that, that I think brings a lot of damage. Uh, one of the things I quote in the book is a, uh, something that D.L. Moody once said, and, and I love this idea. He said, I'd rather put a thousand men to work than do the work of a thousand men. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of describes the, the second, you know, is that we, we want to be a hero. And I think there's something inside of us that we want to say, hey, I did it. I didn't need anyone's help. And, and we don't like to admit that. And, and you know, but I, I think there's something inside of us that wants to go, I solved the problem and, and, and you know, look at, look at how I solved it. And yet it, it takes an incredible, you know, level of, of humility and, and really checking your own pride to go, you know what? I'm way better with people around me. And, and, uh, you know, thankfully God has made that abundantly clear to me. And I've just accepted that when I'm going, you know what, I'm way better with people around me. And so I I think that maybe there's this, this false sense of guilt or, or maybe we're trying to, to, to be that hero. But, um, really, if you think through them logically, like you said, you go, this is a no brainer. And yet I I feel like we often don't spend the time processing through that to get at the, the, the result at the end. Well, Jeremy, we just have just about a minute till we have to take another commercial break. But when we come back, we're going to be talking with a couple of of people that are sitting there with you right now that are from your team that actually are engaged in this on a weekly basis with you. And we're excited to hear uh, their perspective. But just listening to you talk and all that you're talking about, we have a lot of exhausted people that are trying to make, make life happen and do everything themselves without bringing other people around, and it really would alleviate the exhaustion factor. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally does. And, and we talk in the book about, you know, a blank page, you know, how, how tiring it is to start from scratch. And, and when you have all these voices, whatever it is you're trying to tackle gets far, far easier. 
Well, I, it, 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 like you said, it, it, it makes sense when you hear about it. It's just, it's like a no-brainer. And um, I know that we want to talk a little bit when we come back from the commercial break about just how do you get the right people around the table on the team? Because that is always a um, tricky. Kind of a tricky dilemma is getting the right people in the right places. Because if you have, you know, the wrong voices there, it, it could create conflict and tension. So you've managed to put an incredible team together that really complements. In fact, one of your team members told me that it's the best hour of his week that he spends with you guys and just being productive. So stay with us. We'll be right back with Girlfriend at Radio. This is Girlfriend on Toginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. Parents, if you feel overlooked, overworked, underappreciated, and seriously stressed out, The Parents Plate is here to help you. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet. It's time to build stronger families through parent empowerment. And that's what The Parents Plate does. The Parents Plate understands the busyness of life and balancing child rearing and other commitments. Brenda Nixon will be talking to noted experts and authors on all all issues from teething to teen driving. Brenda Nixon is a nationally recognized speaker to parents and child care professionals and author of the award-winning The Birth to Five book. From Fox 4 in Kansas City to schools and synagogues to businesses to bookstores, conferences to churches, audiences rave that Brenda engages, educates, and encourages. For more information on Brenda and her books, check out her website, brendanixon.com. The Parents Plate is loaded with information and affirmation. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. Information is power. The power to change your life. So be here for Education to Excellence. Some of the most valuable information you may ever receive will be shared with you 7 p.m. Eastern every Tuesday night with Education to Excellence with your host, Bruce Beichman. You'll benefit from insightful shows featuring guests that are proven experts in their field. Little-known facts on how to improve your health by making one very simple change in your morning routine. If you're a high school graduate or working adult and a bachelor's, master's, or doctorate degree from an accredited college would change your life, you won't want to miss this. Education to Excellence. Shift your career into high gear without ever attending a traditional college class. Learn investment strategies from proven experts who have a track record of helping normal individuals build abnormal wealth. Check out their website, education2excellence.com. Then join us for the show, Education to Excellence, with your host, Bruce Beichman. Tuesday nights at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, thank you for listening this day. We are talking about 
crowdsourcing with um, author Jeremy Jernigan, who wrote the book, Crowdsourcing the Message, about how to engage people um, in the in the message-creating process. But this term and this concept applies to not just um, for preachers and, and, and having a team put together a message, but can really apply to anything you do in life, where you're planning a party, designing a website, or whatever you're trying to accomplish. It really is about putting a team of people together and, um, and really, you know, we are better together. Right. And um, crowdsourcing, um, you know, in a group, people get a chance to exceed themselves and become greater than they even think possible. And, and it's important to have the right mixture of people coming together. And when you have that, gosh, it just seems like magic and it just pops. And we live in a world full of problems and the problems exceed something that one person can do. And so many times we just think one person ought to solve a certain problem instead of really getting other voices to speak into it and wisdom. Yeah. So Jeremy, um, we're going to give you a chance because we want to talk with a couple of your team members. I know your whole team couldn't be with you today because of, you know, summer schedules and everything, but every week you meet for an hour with a, a, your team, this group of people, and you've hand selected them. And I know a couple of them are with you. So why don't you introduce them, explain a little bit about what you do for that hour. Cause like I said, I had one of your team members say that it's the most significant fun and significant hour of his week because it's highly productive. So, um, you know, introduce us to your guests and um, explain a little bit. Awesome. Yeah, so we, we meet for an hour every week with uh, – it's mostly the same group, but we've had um, some people come and go in, in, in you know, different times of that. Um, one of the things I talk about in the book is having uh, the, the blank chair or the empty chair, uh, the idea of kind of just inviting a, a voice one at a time. And, and so uh, uh, here with me are, are Kai and Romy, who are two of the, the people that have been here uh, from day one uh, doing this. Um, Kai is actually on, on staff with us. He's the only other staff position um, that is a part of this team, but he's kind of uh, done a, 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 a like year-long internship with us and really focusing on the teaching with us. So he's uh, part of that. Romy is not a staff member. Um, Romy, uh, if you read the book, is the collector that, that I talk about in the book. Um, so if you're ever wondering who, who's who, uh, that's Romy. Kai is the, the scholar, and I, I break everyone down into the the different labels because it's more fun for me that way. So uh, Kai and Romy are, are the two uh, that we have with us today. Welcome, Kai and Romy. We so appreciate you taking your time and just sharing your insights and um, and just the process from your lens. So, okay, let's go back to um, what would what was your I don't know expectations coming into this team. I mean, how would did you view you're going to be a part of this crowdsourcing team? One of you want to just kind of address that? Yeah. Um... For me, I just tried to stay open to it and just kind of roll where Jeremy was going to take it and lead us, and um, it's just been a really fun, neat process of how it's evolved. Um, I necessarily didn't come as the collector. Jeremy didn't say, you're going to be the collector. It's just kind of how my role evolved because I'm a preparer. Um, Whenever I come to any kind of meetings, I always like to be somewhat prepared and plus, I'm a research geek. I love doing that stuff. So, you know, we'll have a scripture for the week that we're going to be meeting, and I'll just go and dig really deep into the scripture and what's out there and come up with illustrations, quotes, variety of different things, and never knowing what actually they're going to be looking for and where we're going to land on it. But I just like to come prepared, and, you know, if it gets used, it gets used. If it doesn't, that's fine. It might be used another time, too. 
Okay, I love that because what I love is everybody brings their own personality and their own way of operating. Like you said, you like to come prepared and come with your list. And that is so cool because everybody's different in a different voice. And then, like you said, you don't know where it's going to go. So many times I think we come into a team and we want to control the outcome. Right. But you truly have to come in here going, I'm just going to do my part and we're going to see where. And, and you know, when you're letting God's spirit move, too, it's like, okay, God, where do you want to take this? Mm-hmm. Um, so are you guys given the scripture, like, ahead of, how, do, how is this planned? How much time are you planning and working on messages ahead of time? So the way we do it, just, again, to, you know, encourage collaboration, uh, you know, Romy's the, the, the one that works the hardest in advance. Uh, you know, some of the other people just kind of wing it and, and show up, but uh, Romy, Romy does her due diligence uh, ahead of time. But we, we created a, a Google Doc, and uh, so it, it's online, and, you know, as far out as we have uh, the, the passages and the topics, and so they all have access to that, and so they can get on at any time, and uh, they can, you know, kind of find out. So each of them, you know, when, when they come in uh, any given week, will be prepared in their own sense of, of what that looks like. Hey, how I'd love to know what you think is a is a great size team. That's a great question, and and uh, I, I think there's probably not a right answer to that, and I think it it, it probably depends on uh, the personalities of the leader, the personalities of the group, and uh, the specific context of what you're doing. Um, for for most of the time, we've had four or five people in our group, and um, that's been. That's been great. Uh, I think we could we could go more. We, you know, we could have more people than that. But um, I, I don't think that we're at a loss. You know, we it, it's never like, well, how are we going to fill conversation for an hour? You know, it's always like, oh, okay, it's it's an hour. Everyone's got to go. And and so I think you know, it's kind of just uh, again, we're we're talking about people, and so you're talking about personalities and relationships, and and again, whatever the the specific. Uh, topic and, and application of what you're doing, I think all that comes into, into factor. And, and I think everybody has to go into it with a willingness of being flexible and go, look, we don't know. You know, like, like Romy said, we didn't know how this would work. I didn't know how this would work. I didn't know we'd still be doing this. And so it's kind of just that journey. And, and so I think, you know, whenever you invite someone new in, you don't invite them and, and promise them, hey, here's going to be your role. Here's what it's going to look like. You just kind of say, hey, you want to you wanna try out this process with us and then kind of let the chemistry, you know, just naturally emerge and, and kind of just see, you know, what, what, what that group's able to produce. Yeah. Um, one of the chapters in your book, the diva and the front man, diva versus the front man approach or thinking, the diva versus front man thinking. I thought that was so clever because that not only applies to someone who might read the book who is uh, in a key leadership role in any organization, but when you read the book and you're not that person, that also applies to you on how you contribute to something and kind of checking your humility at the door. So I'd love to hear Kai and Romy's take on that particular chapter as you guys thought that through because you had to have you had to have had those com- those honest conversations where they're not the ones who would be delivering the message. And Romy mentioned her ideas sometimes aren't. She goes into it knowing that. Sometimes her ideas aren't going to be the ones that are kind of grabbed hold of and used in the future. So I'd love to hear your guys' take on that. Well, the positive side of it is when something doesn't go so well, we also don't get blamed for that. (laughs) So that's that's kind of the upside of it. Um, But really, ultimately, I mean, um, I would say all of us in the group have have seen it as a positive thing in, in the long run because... Um, I guess like we've been saying all along, the different perspectives just really ultimately build something that's much stronger. And uh, like Jeremy said, I, I'm 
I'm evidently the scholar of the group. So I, I come in, you know, having read oh. a lot of historical and exegetical stuff. And and if I were to stand up there and preach, honestly, it would just bore the heck out of most people. It would just probably be very bland and very dry and stuff. And so, you know, I'll, I'll present something that I've kind of gotten to research and then Mike, our, our more creative guy, will come back with, like, hey, that reminds me of this movie, and it just kind of goes somewhere that, that makes it really tangible and really something that people can grasp. And so um, I just I don't think any of us mind not being the person who ultimately kind of presents this stuff because uh, once it gets, you know, kind of run through so many different filters and once so many different people get to kind of have their hands on it, it just it really creates something that's much stronger in the end. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Have you guys recognized someone joining the team? I'm not. I'm obviously not wanting to know any depth of who, but have you ever experienced someone that you've tried to bring into that empty chair seat, and right away everyone just kind Are of you trying right? to stir the pot? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know that's a great question, and um, you know I think as you know uh, as the leader of the group, that's something I really try to. To, you know, take the responsibility on uh, my shoulders. So I don't feel like that's a, a fair responsibility to put on, you know, on, on the, the group members to go, hey, you know, you need to make sure you're, you're picking the right people and, and policing it. And so I, I try to be really cautious with, with who I, I ask or invite. And, uh, and again, uh, you know, I, I talk about in the book having that empty chair. Um, I think that's the way you add people because you can, you can have an empty chair for a week uh, with no commitment, you know, and, and you're saying, look, come sit in to, to one of these gatherings, and, and it gives everybody a chance. And then, um, you know, so as, as we, you know, bring new people in in the future, um, that is the way we'll do it. You know, we'll say, hey, why don't you sit in for a week? And, and we've had people do that in the past, and, and not that they weren't a good fit, but, but almost going, hey, you know, we'd have to all be convinced that we, we'd be way better to have you regularly in that chair. Um, and I think then you come to that conclusion, you don't have the awkwardness of having to ask someone to leave. And, and so really I think the empty chair is, is the way you safely kind of navigate how to, how to change the chemistry and, and how to kind of, you know, see what the results could be, you know, differently. Mm-hmm. I really like that concept, just kind of testing it a little bit before you just kind of throw somebody in their role. Can you um, explain the other – can you just um, highlight the other people that are on your team that are on, not on this call and kind of their role? So we got a guy named Brian. Um, that is, uh, I, I referred him in the book as the thinker. Um, he's he's kind of similar to to um, to Kai. Kai, you know, Kai will read the theology books um, that are you know textbooks. They're they're six hundred, seven hundred pages that uh, nobody else would even want to look at. And those are like you know that's that's a Kai's favorite day is reading that. So he's he's scholarly in that way. Brian in the thinker is is really big into science actually, and so he he reads a lot of uh, science, you know, a lot of um, not not necessarily Christian sources, a lot of secular sources, and and so he's uh, he kind of brings an expert opinion, you know, into that, and and it's a unique opinion. So uh, a lot of what you know uh, in the church world, we'd go, oh yeah, everyone believes that. Uh, Brian's really good at going. You know what? Um, not everybody believes that, and here's why. And here's you know here's the research that shows otherwise. And and it really brings a critical thinking element to it. And then we have another guy named Mike uh, who's regularly a part of this, and I refer to him in the book as the creative. Uh, and Kai kind of mentioned him, but Mike 
has a lot of experience with movies and, and script writing. Uh, Mike is the guy we'll, you know, uh, we'll, we'll kind of get into the clouds on some idea on, you know, talking theology, and Mike goes, hey, here's, here's how you can illustrate it. You get a baseball bat and a, a rubber band, and, you know, it's like, and he just brings it down to this incredibly practical level. Uh, and, and, again, it's, it's the mix of all of that that you walk away from and you go, there is no way one person could come up with this. And, and all their perspectives uh, blend incredibly. And, and there's, there's always this little bit of tension because everybody sees things um, you know, their own way. And yet there has to be this level of trust in the group to go, look, we're all, we're all friends. We're all you know, going to the same destination. And so you need to have kind of a healthy, uh, I'm going to challenge your idea. You know? And then uh, a lot of times you know, people will change ideas mid-meeting. You know, so, you know, I'll make an argument. Hey, I think this is what, you know, we need to do with this. Someone else will go, here's, here's girlfriend why I disagree. On Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for you to be a rock star. Get ready to rock with Rock Talk and Craig Deswalt and learn how to achieve rock star status in your industry every Tuesday afternoon at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Craig Deswalt is the creator of the Rock Star System for Success. Craig will share easy tips and strategies on how entrepreneurs and businesses can use outside-the-box marketing strategies to stand out from their competition. Each high-energy show will feature interviews with celebrity rock stars as well as business rock stars. For more on Craig, the show, and the Rockstar Marketing Boot Camps, check out the website, CraigDuswalt.com, so you can learn how to be perceived as an expert and celebrity in your field, so more people can be you to buy your services and products. Then, get ready to be a rock star with Rock Talk and Craig Duswalt. Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Druggynet.com. Parents, if you feel overloaded, overworked, underappreciated, and seriously stressed out, the Parents Plate is here to help you. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on Togginet. It's time to build stronger families through parent empowerment, and that's what the Parents Plate does. The Parents Plate understands the busyness of life and balancing child rearing and other commitments. Brenda Nixon will be talking to noted experts and authors on all issues from Teething to teen driving. Brenda Nixon is a nationally recognized speaker to parents and child care professionals and author of the award-winning The Birth to Five book. From Fox 4 in Kansas City to schools and synagogues to businesses to bookstores, conferences to churches, audiences rave that Brenda engages, educates, and encourages. For more information on Brenda and her books, check out her website, brendanixon.com. The Parents Plate is loaded with information and affirmation. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. 
welcome back. We are having such a fun time. And I think um, our, our guest, Jeremy Jernigan, who is the author of Crowdsourcing the Message, and he happens to be my son, I might say, which is very fun. But um, I just told him that he got the award for talking the longest going into a commercial break. He wasn't breathing. And I love that. <laughs> so, Jeremy, welcome back. And you have your team members, Kai and Romy. And uh, we just appreciated you guys, first of all, taking your time today to just to be with us, to share um, what crowdsourcing is all about. I think it's been very insightful and helpful for, for especially for like ministries or trying to put together, whether you're in music, whether you're doing past, you know, the preaching message, whether you are just trying to put on an event, this, this concept in terms of bringing other voices around the table to truly complete each other. Cause really to, together we're better. So we just appreciate you guys giving your time and sharing this and um, just highly encourage people to, to learn more about this. And um, I know, how can they find you, Jeremy, and um, like with your blog and then even if to, to learn more about the book? Yeah, so the blog is tomorrowsreflection.com. And uh, that's where, um, you know, I'm usually posting about three times a week on ideas that, you know, we're working through. Um, for the book, it's on Amazon.com. You can also go to crowdsourcingthemessage.com, and it's kind of a landing page of, uh, you know, all things related to the book. Mm. Hey, Jeremy, one of the things you guys talked about your, your crowdsourcing team in the last segment was about your one-hour meetings each week. So that just has piqued my curiosity how in 60 minutes – You've brought these roles together to a, this team with separate roles together to talk through uh, ideas and, and to put crowdsourcing into action. Is that is that the best? Is that the optimum amount of time? Do you guys feel like you run out of time? And I'd love to know how communication just styles plays a part in that. That's a great question. Um, and again, you know, we're not. We don't claim to be experts in this by any means. Uh, like I said earlier, we've stumbled into this. An hour seems to work for us as to what we're trying to accomplish. But I could certainly imagine, you know, if, if someone is, is applying this concept in a different setting, you know, uh, half an hour could work, two hours might work. So I kind of think it, it depends on, again, the size of your group and, and what you're trying to accomplish. Okay. So you found that the one hour works for your team and you're doing it every week. Does it feel like they just roll right together? each week absolutely and you know like i said we usually get to the to the point it's you know it's time to, to finish and uh and we all kind of go wow that that hour flew by and, and what gets harder and harder is uh to start on time because we end up just the relationships that get formed we end up spending the first bit of time just catching up on our week and talking and, and connecting and laughing and so uh, it's not uncommon for us to realize 20 30 minutes into our hour that we haven't even talked about the topic yet and so uh, I guess that's, that's a fun, uh, you know, side product uh, of what a group like this creates. Yeah. One of the things I noticed in the book was um, you talked about ruts and that sometimes we get in ruts thinking and doing the same things the same ways over and over. How do you keep your crowdsourcing team from going into a rut? I think just the, the nature of having that many different people in that many different settings and, uh, and, and you know, in walks of life, uh, it, it it just pulls you out of it. You know, uh, we do weekend teaching weekly, you know, it's, it's every single week. And so uh, for us in that setting, uh, it's incredibly easy to fall into a rut because it's the same people doing the same thing. When you, when you bring other voices in that are, are not, you know, in the church world, they're not, you know, uh, doing this, this thing that we're doing every day. Uh, it, it just has a natural way of adding diversity, creativity, uh, just life. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it's always been a very easy way uh, to keep out of that rut. 
Mm-hmm. Well, you know, talking about it's like bringing the team together. And you guys, you guys do a lot of you, like brainstorming. Called it. I just listened to a book called Imagine, um, and in it, it, it was interesting because we always hear the term brainstorming, and you know, and and then we always have the rules of brainstorming. And one of them is that no idea is a bad idea. You know, everybody, every idea is a great idea. Just throw it out there. And in that book, the author challenged that concept and said that really they have found that that is not um, productive, that every idea is a great idea, that you really have to be willing to take, if somebody throws an idea to maybe challenge that idea and to, um, with respectfully, you know, have a critical lens on it to be able to refine it. Otherwise, that idea just stays there and everybody's happy. It's kind of like everybody's special. Yeah. You know, everybody everyone, gets a trophy. Everyone gets a trophy. <laughs> so with brainstorming and with your ideas, how do you guys handle that? It's like, I know in our girlfriend's ministry, we have that, that saying that I refuse to be offended. Right, right. So when you're in brainstorming mode with your team, how do you guys handle that and feel about that when ideas are thrown out? Um, I think we're all pretty open to everybody's um, ideas, and I think, um, you know, we're responsive, and I think we've built enough trust with each other that, um, you know, we'll, we'll say how we feel, and nobody is offended. I mean, if anything, for myself personally, I grow just to be a better person, and um, when when I hear people that don't agree with me necessarily, um, it, it causes me to step back and say, well, maybe maybe they are right, you know. So it, it just strengthens my walk, I think, and um, just hearing different perspectives. Mm-hmm. So, okay, for Kai and, um, and Romy, how has this helped you? Has this helped you just even grow and just that have affected other areas of your life? Yeah, I think I think one of the values of, of being on this team is you see, like you said, where it applies in other areas of life. Um, earlier, you know, you're kind of asking if there's like a, a wrong type of person for this team, and it's really not. There's not a wrong personality type. The only way that you would not really work on this team is if you came in thinking my ideas are the only right ones, they're the only good ones. I'm not willing to bend on them. I'm not willing to hear other people out. That's really the only way you wouldn't work on this team. Because, like Romy said, we we all look at things differently, and sometimes that causes, you know, there's, there's awkward moments where we disagree on stuff and where, um, you know, where we kind of have to work through things. But ultimately, since we're all committed to, to kind of coming up with something that's best as a result of all the different ideas, you know, none of us is just trying to champion their idea and just push that through. Um, ultimately, it just kind of flows really well. I, I think along with what Kai was saying, I mean, there's a selflessness, um, in, and I think if you're looking for a common denominator, I think that is um, a, a really good asset of a person to have to bring on a team is where they know it's not all about them. It's about, you know, the end result, coming up with the best possible um, resources and, and information to make the, the, the um, sermon as, as powerful as possible. So, you know, it's, it's more or less the efforts of us all just to get the end result that we desire that is so cool. So, Romy, what's it like then when you sit through service that you've been a part of creating, you know, weeks later or whatever the time frame is later, and you, you sit there and just uh, what are the feelings, what are the thoughts, and what's that like for you as far as uh, being a part of that? Um, for me, it's, it's pretty, you know, it never grows old, I guess, when you see or hear 
Cal using one of your quotes or Jeremy using one of the illustrations um, that that I dug for, and and it's like, wow, they're using that, you know, because, again, um, we never know what they're going to end up using. So it's always a surprise. Um, And even if they don't use something, you'll hear somebody else's on the team, you know, illustration or or idea that they came up with. And and it's really rewarding. It's just like, you know, we're part of something. And and I think even the bigger payoff is um, when you hear people say, wow, what an awesome message, and they don't even know you're on the teaching team or you had any um, impact on that. And it's just like that in itself is a reward when you can reach other people that way and you were a part of it. Mm-hmm. I love that. There's a, there's a quote by Simon Sinek, which I love. It says, real collaboration is when the idea can no longer be traced to one person. It is legitimately ours. And I think that so exemplifies what you guys are doing and just your whole attitude toward um, coming into this, this crowdsourcing. And I, I love that. I, I love your hearts. And I love just listening to you guys and you guys, just how you guys sharpen each other. And you have fun. And that's the whole thing, too, is just enjoying each other as part of the team. Right. Letting each person have their part with yeah. who they are. And so that, I think, the challenge today, we only have three minutes till we wrap this up, is, again, thank you for being a part of the show. But just a challenge even to our listeners to, like, whose voice can you bring into your life that maybe you haven't seen it, they're, they're very different than you, but maybe they can be a part of your life and are part of an area of your life. If there's, if there's an area even of your life that you're, that you're, um, you're, you're, you know, kind of challenged with and you, you know, and you need some help and kind of refining what are their voices? I think that's a good thing mm-hmm. to kind of seek that out a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So Jeremy, I know you're an avid reader and you're, you're a storyteller as we mentioned earlier in the show. Um, <laughs> we have your award later. By we, the yeah, way. we have your, and the, the award that we have created for and you. The talker. Yeah, the Talker Award, too. Um, share with us, we have like about two minutes till we end, um, a book that you've read recently that has impacted you that you'd like to share with our listeners. Uh, in my two minutes left, I would like to talk about a book <laughs> called Steal Like an Artist by a guy named Austin Cleon. And uh, it, it's a uh, book that goes really in line with what we're talking about. Um, Austin is an incredibly creative guy, and he writes about how as a person producing art, producing content, how much you need to learn and get comfortable uh, learning from other people. And, and he would even say stealing from other people. And that has such a negative connotation to us. Uh, but, man, it's, I, I literally bought a copy for everybody on my team and said, I want all of you to read this. Uh, an incredibly practical uh, insight into how to be more creative by learning from others. Well, we, we call it creative swiping, and we, and, you know, but I love the stealing ideas. And I think that is such a great thing to just constantly being a learner and, and allowing yourself to um, take in and learn from maybe areas and people that you wouldn't normally hang out and see. And it's like reading something different, seeing something different. I love to change the environment. How do you? Well, I think the goal is to make a difference, and that's what I've heard from their team today and definitely heard from Jeremy in in his book, which is how to make a difference in something, not just for your sake, but for the the good of your organization or for the goal of, you know, what you're trying to accomplish. And and it is letting go of who you think you are and becoming a part of something so much bigger. And that I love hearing in each one of them today. I, I love that, too, and it really is about the relational approach to just doing life and to being a part of something that is it's bigger than you. Um, so with a few minutes left, we just want to say again, thank you. Um, just challenge, um, 
our listeners out there to really go out and make some noise with the crowd and the crowd being your team Mm -hmm. and, and surround yourself uh, intentionally with some people who can really complete you Mm -hmm. and forget about the competition Mm -hmm. uh, because we tend to look in a mode of, you know, competition and like no diva thinking, no diva thinking. I love the book. Highly recommend it. I've enjoyed it. This is Girlfriend Radio with Patty and Lisa. Talk to you soon. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show designed.